Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Freedom podcast. Your two normal libertarian hosts joining you once again today to talk about the uh, primaries for uh, Michigan that happened so that we can apply it to a broader context for your own personal uh, situation. And also, we're going to get into applications of the NAP, the non aggression principle that we talked about last time. Uh, we have about five or six topics that we're going to cover over the next uh, number of podcasts. And then we found a, a really good article uh, from someone who uh, seems to be a libertarian who has uh, six different complaints about the NAP and where it might fall short. I think that's going to be really good. So, those are going to be the next coming episodes. Uh, we just want to introduce ourselves once again because uh, you may be joining us for the first time because I doubt. Out. We've uh, made our complete goal of getting all the people that we want to listen to in the first two, three episodes. <laughs> uh, but I'm Patrick Studebaker. Matt Martin. And we're just two regular guys sitting here talking about how much we uh, hate taxes, we like freedom, and uh, we're applying our understanding of libertarian principles at a local level so that we can affect change at a greater level. And unfortunately, uh, we had primaries yesterday and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of freedom in in the world or at least in uh michigan here because uh among just the candidates who uh were on the ballot uh, there was also a number of different uh proposals for tax and millages that seemed to um, pass by overwhelming majority uh there were things like senior citizens uh items uh giving taxes to programs that already existed and then uh we also have schools which uh, education is one of the uh, nap principles we're going to apply uh, as well um, down the road in future podcasts and uh yeah there just seemed to be a, a number of villages that just passed with overwhelming support and uh it's kind of the makeup that we have in um our surrounding nature that uh we tend to be less conservative in wanting to preserve uh, what you earn. Uh, one of the things that uh, we voted on that I had to look what the history of it was, was this uh, millage for uh, a, a senior adult services. And it's a $35 a year for residents who own property with a taxable value of 100000 So again, we're talking about the, the talking platform of the social left of, you know, taxing the rich because uh, anything really uh, over probably $40,000 for them was rich. Uh, and it would say $2.82 million annually dollar millage to alleviate a waiting list for in-home and community services for an age area agency of aging, is what it's called, uh, that is doubling the budget, that it already has $2.1 million, and it wants to double it. Unfortunately, uh, people agreed to it. First of all, a lot of the times it doesn't affect them. Uh, so they're okay voting against their neighbor, which is an act of force. You're allowing people to say what other people can do with their property. And um, here's, here's another thing. There, there's a waiting list already. That's because a free system is involved and you don't have the means of control through... Uh, a private property through or through through a private organization that can uh, dictate where alloc where to allocate the best resources. Uh, a, a waiting list can still happen with a private company, but here you have a waiting list where um, you have uh, a, f a free service for seniors. Again, uh, just like Social Security, where once again giving to seniors. I don't know why there's such a special interest because. Seniors are should be the ones who are less likely to ask for a handout, and um, we're just saying it's okay for the government to come in, steal money from those who have $100,000 more, and yeah, it's $35, but at the same time, uh, if a person came up to you in the street and said, out of your uh, $100, I want $3, and give it to me, eh, it's still theft. And another thing about the the senior tax is that uh, we just got done 
uh, being taxed again on uh, assisting homeless people obtain housing. And then I found an article that said uh, people are taxed 97 to 100 different ways, depending on um, what you do. Uh, income tax, which you're already paying 30% of what you earn, um, and sales tax and fishing licenses and CPL carries and and all all the taxes that come about. Uh, we're adding another one uh, to this. Um, one of the articles discusses that um, that it actually is going to most likely tax seniors to help seniors. So once again, we're like the stadium. We're taxing those who are in competition against the stadium. Uh, we're taxing the seniors to help other seniors. And I have no clue why this isn't just taken care of with a private organization with private money. Yeah, it just seems ridiculous to, to tax even seniors to help seniors, but it's it's just it's it's ridiculous to tax us to help out on something that like I mean, it doesn't doesn't affect us right now. It doesn't all it is is just taking more of our money. Yeah. And it's just that, like the social social security. Right, exactly. They take the money now and we're never gonna see it. No, no, by twenty thirty will it be insolvent and again, I Okay, you could maybe make the case in the 20s that people weren't ready for retirement, uh, whatever. Uh, so you had to have Social Security. But by now, I'm sorry, uh, seniors are the ones who are most likely to have a better uh, income. They've had more time to save. And if you don't know by now that you have to save money for retirement, if that's what you want to do, um, then you, you need to, to take this on yourself. I, I would be embarrassed if I had to go to my grandchildren and ask them to, to put me up, especially if I can afford it. This this isn't a program that says, you know, senior citizens who are uh, living in squalor who, um, you know, can't afford uh, only, you know, cat tuna um, to, to take care of themselves. It's just a senior program that is offered uh, to, to anybody who who meets the age criteria. So, uh, again, we wouldn't take this uh, situation if someone came up to you in the street and just said, hey, uh, you need to give me $30 every year or we'll come in with guns and take it from you and I promise we'll do something really nice with it for, for your grandma. I'm sorry, but it's it's still theft. Yeah, if I want to do something nice for my grandma, I'm going to do something nice for my grandma with my own money. I don't need someone to tell me to do it. Yeah, and I, I just can't believe out of the, all the organizations, the YMCA or any of the plethora of different organizations out there who take in way more money uh, and can distribute way more appropriately can't take this on. But no, it's because there's a government program and the, the free program has created a waiting list so much so where they've have, had to take a $2.1 million budget and double it. And you know, it's not going to ever stop like that. That budget's not never going to come down. There's never going to be a understanding of, well, okay, uh, we've taxed this for five years. Now it's time to, to give it up now. And we need to decrease, uh, what we're taking uh, from people, uh, in the place where we live. Uh, the, the the voters haven't seen really attacks that I've ever seen them defeat other than the 911 millage and that was only because it seemed like it was going to affect more people so this is a tax on $100,000 people but every phone carrier so every phone number was going to be charged uh, to, to offset this cost for this new 911 uh, facility that they've had and it failed but then they went through with it anyways, and they're still finding the funds magically. <laughs> I, I, I just I just loved the idea of them telling us that. I've, I've sat in a meeting where one of the head directors was talking about how, oh, you know, we really need to have the surcharge, but if we don't get it, we're still going through with it. And the, millage, or the, uh, the surcharge didn't pass, uh, and they mysteriously found the money somewhere else. So it's like, Oh, okay. So taxing is just the easy thing to do in this in this situation. 
Yeah, because they don't have to put in any of, you know, find money somewhere else in the government. They're like, ah, oh, we'll just we'll just tax these people. They, they don't understand. <laughs> right. Do you want to say anything about the two libertarian candidates for governor? Yeah. Um, one seemed Tatar. He seemed like he had a... He was definitely more of a... I don't know what the... What kind of... Radical? You know, general idea of what a libertarian is, except for his crazy... His number one priority was the number one, number one on his website. Th- this is what I'm talking about when I say there are sometimes not normal people in the Libertarian Party. Like, wh- where where is the Libertarian Party of Michigan where they can come alongside this guy and be like, "Hey, you know what? I understand this is a passion project for you. You're a little nutso here, but come on, man. Like, throw us a bone, and you're 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 good on on wanting to take out." half the government in in the uh the the house and you're good in taxes and you're good at all this but when your number one priority especially when they were in the debate is smart meters you look like a crazy lunatic yeah because it's just i'm surprised somebody didn't come in and tell him like hey you know if you've got eight topics here could we throw smart meters down at seven or eight more people are willing to like work with that because i'm honestly between uh, Bill, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, Galenu and Galenu? Tatar, something. yeah, something like that. Uh, between the two, the biggest holdup for me was Tatar had smart meters as number one. Like, I love the fact that he wants to get rid of the Senate, the state Senate, and and then make all the other government employees up, you know, the the House representatives and everything part time. You know, he he wants to legalize at least marijuana right now and uh just other good things but smart meters number one come on <laughs> no <clears throat> and yeah you if, I, I mean be radical if if trump has taught us anything it's this is the time to be radical i i i enjoy that about him and the other guy like i i liked he he wasn't terrible and i think he he's of the idea of kind of incrementalism uh but we were talking yesterday, and he just kind of seems like he's Republican light, and uh, it's yeah. it's just it's just too bad that we half the time when I when I go to the website for the Libertarian Party's nominee, uh, you know, it's some uh, like hippie biker dude on on a motorcycle, and it's like yes, okay, you know, we we don't want to you know always be dressed in suits like everyone else, but. You need to be taken seriously by people, and you need to you need to take it seriously. Um, you know, it's it's like in uh, the national candidacy where uh, the dude for the Libertarian convention got up on stage and stripped. I'm like, that was a time hmm. where both candidates sucked. I mean, how how many people did you did you talk to who was like, well, you know, Trump probably pretty bad, but Clinton also terrible. And it's just like that was our time, yeah. and here's here's the time where you could probably have the national platform a little bit more highlighted, and you're like, I'm gonna use my freedom to strip right here, and it's just it's just stupid, and I, I it's one of those things where I just need to sign up for the party. I've been I've been holding off on it, but um, I did find out uh, recently that I am going to be um, nominated to the township committee uh for township board uh so that i have more direct involvement with uh, our local township and um there's a lot of stuff that i want to do to to get out the libertarian message so uh, i think having an influence in the party at least on uh the michigan standpoint uh is is something that i'm gonna have to do here too yeah i just don't get why the libertarian party chooses some of the crazy sometimes because i mean it's politics. You still kind of have to play the parts and, you know, dress up in your suit and act a little more political, but you can still, you know, be a libertarian and, and push your issues and stuff like that. You just, I mean, you gotta, you gotta look the part and play the part just a little. You don't have to right. be that far out there. And I mean, it, here, here's the great thing about it. Uh, the, the rhetoric from both sides is there on their side. But we have a consistent philosophy. We don't want to do harm to others. You can take the, the, the like marijuana is a perfect thing here in Michigan. 
we're so close to making it legalized or at least decriminalized. We have the ability for people to, to have dispensaries and grow. But I know firsthand trying to enact policies where I'm trying to get people who are growing marijuana to, to still have the ability to do so as a business. I'm still trying to understand the state making wild changes here and there. And they they come through and they're saying, um, you know, you need to have a policy enacted by such and such date. I think it's like December. And if you don't have it by that time, um, you know, the, 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 those, those places has to close. But we've already voted to have it pretty much some, somewhat legalized. It's not a full legalization like you have in um, Colorado, let's say. But it's it, they they make it so you it's a it's a moving target and I I talked to one of the dispensary growers here and there are, there are crazy things enacted uh, like you can't own a firearm and half the time um, for, for for the for, to protect the business uh, half the time these dispensaries are on the person's home property you know because it's a it's an agriculture so um, yeah. you're growing it and pr- protecting it there I mean it's all these crazy things are enacted. If you had someone that came through and was like, hey, marijuana, why are we making this moving target? Why are we making it so hard? The people have spoken if, if you want to if you want to go that route and more people are uh, legalizing it. So let's let's get out there and get out of the way of these people who the the people around them are, are OK with it. And, and that should be a, a consistent message. When you start talking about the electromagnetic frequencies of smart meters and how the government's reading how much power supply you're consuming, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. All right, so uh, last uh, episode, we talked about the NAP, the non-aggression principle. Uh, what we talked about, too, is that uh, the, the NAP is this the, the worldview through which libertarians see uh, their political sphere. Um, we talked about how... Um, the, the nap isn't the be all end all for your ultimate worldview, but if you're looking at things through, uh, a political spectrum, um, libertarians view things through the non-aggression principle, which is you can't use physical violence or that physical violence is illegitimate and that, uh, violence against a person or property, uh, is immoral and illegitimate. Um, it's also the idea that you don't have to use just physical violence to um to aggress against somebody but if you uh work in such a way where uh harm can come to a person um that that force that that use of force would be um illegitimate and we'll get into some of the critiques of that in uh, later episodes but we wanted to talk about uh certain uh, about five or six subjects and we'll definitely not get to all of them for this episode which will be fine um where the NEP um, informs us. So th- these aren't episodes where we're going to be discussing in depth, uh, you know, uh, here are the statistics for, you know, drug policies, or here's uh, where we can limit taxes. This is a discussion about how the NAP comes into effect uh, with these certain subjects. And they're kind of the big planks for libertarian minded people. So if we segue into libertarians and drugs um i had an article here that i found the very beginning of it is a pretty good quote it's uh at the core of libertarianism is a desire to uphold human dignity and there's nothing more dignified than giving every mentally sound individual an opportunity to make their own decisions because at the heart of it libertarians believe in legalizing all drugs so i mean that quote right there is just you know libertarians want people to have their own dignity and their own choices on their own lives and why not legalize drugs and let people decide if they're going to do them or not well you, you mean you mean you want to legalize heroin cocaine bath salts all that stuff oh yeah man the good stuff no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah and this isn't a requirement to use drugs if if these things became legal no. tomorrow there's no way I'm sticking a needle in my arm. There's no way I'm snorting cocaine. There's, I, I, I mean, I, I'm one of those people who haven't even hasn't even done marijuana before, and it's also a, a, a desire to legalize prescription drugs as well, um, to allow drug manufacturers to uh, 
be unrestrained from developing uh, niche uh, drugs in order to uh, treat ailments. Uh, libertarian ideas uh, don't support things like the FDA. Um, not to say that you would have drugs be unregulated, but they would be regulated by the market. You would have companies that would come in and say, you know, this uh, this drug that helps with anxiety. Here's three different laboratories that have independently tested it, and here's you know the 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 seal of approval, the A plus that we have on this, or here's independent testing that we've done to show that it's safe. And you would probably have that too for uh, cocaine and heroin. You you would have a, a greater trust in what you're putting into your body because you're taking it out of the streets off the black market and you're bringing it to light so that people can be held accountable for bad things and that better product can be given to you yeah and i mean one of the things about marijuana especially um because that seems to be the most popular drug everyone wants to legalize like michigan already you know allows to get you a medical marijuana card and for simple things like people who get chronic headaches and 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 migraines and stuff like that you think about uh the, all the amounts of drugs that people put into their bodies, like pharmaceutical drugs, it's just, it tears apart your kidney. Just so, so much damage. But, I mean, what is smoking marijuana really doing to you? I mean, you're still smoking, so there's smoke in your lungs. And that's not the, always so good. But if somebody doesn't like taking uh, pharmaceutical drugs for the pain they're having, then why not give them the opportunity to do something else? Like, Right. I mean, uh, the, the old adage of, of no one's ever died from overdosing on marijuana. Um, the, the fact that marijuana is a scheduled class one drug, which means it has zero medical benefits. It's still highly illegal by the federal government. It cannot be um, tested in like university settings, except for I think there's one university the federal government allows uh, testing on. Um, is it's kind of ridiculous you're telling me that all these things that have been uh developed in other countries or that have been developed uh outside of of the state's overview um has zero medical benefits when it's been shown it's been shown that it helps uh i mean ptsd is one of those those, those big things that uh that people tout for the benefits of of marijuana yeah and the interesting thing about you know schedule one drugs being or class one drugs being um no medical benefits we literally like what back in the 20s or whatnot heroin cocaine they were all in uh, like medical things sure. um, right yeah you know, e cough syrup e used e to have heroin in it yeah i mean even ritalin is pretty much the same form of of heroin today and we give that to five-year-olds who uh decide to act like five-year-olds yeah, I I found another thing in this uh, article. They it, they I don't know where they got their numbers, but they said uh, there's some estimates that 40 million occasional users of illegal drugs in the United States, and um, most of those people are doing it in the privacy of their own homes. They're and they're not endangering anybody. They're not bothering anybody. And this is just the occasional right. users. We're not talking the crackheads on the side of the road. Right. And, yeah. Uh, and they're so there's. <laughs> They say that like uh, many successful people use drugs and they like admit to it. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities out there that do it. One person they decided to highlight was uh, President Obama, former President Obama. He he admitted to using marijuana and he's actually quoted as saying, "No, describing the paragon of our virtue, less dangerous no. than drinking alcohol." Yeah, so I mean, right there, alcohol is legal, and you got the the, the former president of the free world saying that marijuana is less dangerous than drinking alcohol. Yeah, I I think we we conjure up this image of you're right, like the crackhead crackhead on the street, or you know the 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 person who's who's tripping out, who ends up running into traffic or something. Uh, but we don't have that same idea when we think about drinking. I mean, we, you and I see on a consistent basis the effects of alcohol on people, and it's oh, yeah. way more dangerous to us for for people who have been drinking. Um, it, it's way more annoying. It's way more dangerous to that person for those who overpartake in alcohol than it is marijuana. 
Yeah, like so. It's how many. It's not a. It's not a harm based about? idea. Yeah. I mean, we hear so many stories about, uh, you know, drunk fights, angry drunks, and stuff like that. Like, take movies for example. I mean, I know it's a movie, but they always have the angry drunk character. Since when have they ever had the angry pothead character? <laughs> right. Never. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody, this uh, British band. Angry when they're smoking weed. There's this uh, British band called The Streets, and they have uh, a song about uh, two two people: uh, one who's a, a pothead and one who's uh, a drunk. And the drunk guy gets into fights and uh, doesn't want the pothead to to uh, to be a drain on on society. And the pothead guy is just uh, understanding that uh, you know, like, oh, here we are. We're just watching uh, Carl Jung videos, and we're playing. Uh, Gran Turismo on the hardest level. Uh, the irony of it all. This is what it's called, and it it shows the distinction. Like, yeah, okay, even if you're a pothead, you're you're just sitting at home, or you know, you're you're doing stuff. Like, how many times have we watched Joe Rogan on his podcast smoke weed and have just insane conversations? Sometimes, uh, I mean, his yeah. uh, his interview with with Alex Jones, both alcohol and marijuana. I don't know which one. Uh, uh, made that one more entertaining but um the fact that you can be productive still under marijuana and obviously it's one of those things where it's like it's it's allowable but i don't know if i would do it myself uh it's it's not a requirement to inject a needle into you um but it's giving people the freedom to do with their body what they want we don't regulate the amount of cheeseburgers somebody eats uh we don't regulate the amount of alcohol uh, a person consumes. We don't do it for chocolate. We don't do it for tanning. Uh, we don't do it for uh, exercise. All these things can be terrible for you in over or under abundance. So, why is drugs this this understanding of? Oh, this is special. This is this is something that we have to criminalize. And once we do, we see the black market pops up. There's still a demand for it. Here's how you have people in the cartels get rich. I mean, half the time it's <laughs> them uh, coming across the border and selling to uh, their distributors that get it in people's hands. And we've been at this drug war since, well, the 1920s is kind of when they started to make things illegal. Um, and of course, who did they want to affect the most but were minorities in the United States? Um, so. Honestly, it was a racist policy to try and decriminalize these things because uh, you just you just have to have uh, a reason to to harass people like this. But we saw it in the 60s, and we definitely saw it in the 80s under Reagan. And then, lo and behold, we come to find out that half the time the CIA or the DEA is uh, assisting with these drops, especially the CIA, so that they can fund uh, their their black uh, ops projects. Yeah, it. I think the biggest example of of the, especially the drug war not working is is the uh, the prohibition times. That's that's the biggest right. example of of why a war on drugs will never work. Because I mean, you you've made alcohol totally illegal, and not only did gang violence go up and the criminals get rich, but you had uh, you know, people brewing alcohol unregulated, unhygienic, and it led to plenty of of deaths of people just drinking, you know, Tommy's toilet water, you know? Yeah, and they go blind or or, or it's just a bad batch and something happens to them or, or it explodes because uh, it has to be kept underground. And where did Al Capone get his money from? Well, he came up as a, a, a first an alcohol runner, and then he got into drugs. I mean, it it arose yeah. the gang the, the 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 reason that we have an understanding of gangster mentality, like old school twenties gangster, not gangsta, uh, is because of prohibition and you know the Elliot Ness and the you know un, un, untouchables. Um, it was a war against alcohol that was done actually with a constitutional amendment, which is odd because around the same time, uh, weed was taken out too, and you didn't have a constitutional amendment there. So there we see, even within the state, it's not consistent to holding to the constitution. Um, And uh, you have a rise of criminal elements that can profit off a black market. 
because people still wanted it. Yep. And today too, I... like we, we we've been hearing so much of oh it's the op opioid crisis, it's the opioid epidemic. Well, the very fact that uh, by and large in the United States you have more deaths and more people misuse prescription drugs than you do with all illegal narcotics combined. 116 people die every day from opioid-related deaths. Uh, it's 11.5 million people misuse prescription drugs um, within within the year. This uh, These numbers come from 2016. 42,000-plus um, people died from overdosing on opioids. 2.1 million people have an opioid use disorder. But then 948,000 people use heroin or 170,000 people use heroin just for the first time. But 2.1 million yeah, I, people misuse prescription drugs for the first time. I mean, that's those are insane numbers to compare. Yeah, there's a... I mean, just the fact that you have so many people, like, just abusing um, pharmaceutical drugs, nobody... Like, if somebody overdoses on Oxycontin or something, nobody... Right like tries to make oxycontin illegal then why why aren't we trying to make those drugs illegal if you're gonna make if you're gonna you know villainize heroin and all these other drugs that people are taking and dying from why not do it with the uh the drugs that the so-called fda approves and says is safe to take right and, and again we're talking about what adult people can do with their body <laughs> If, if you want to destroy your body by overdosing on cheeseburgers, you have that ability. If you want to do it by overdosing on alcohol, you can do that. If you want to do that by skydiving and and pulling the chute at the at the last possible second, you can, I mean you can do that. Those are things that you can do. But when it talks about injecting or ingesting things into your own body by your own freedom, I mean how how is that anybody else's business again i don't think you should do it it's it's something that i i would could probably argue is immoral uh at least from the standpoint that i come by um but th these are the 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 question comes down to f with the nap is do you want to use force government violence to uh throw people in cages with jail or do you want to um, possibly lead to uh, violent outbursts uh, like uh, I mean how many times have we seen you know these like no knock raids where it turns violent and dogs are killed or um, people are shot uh, by the police uh, or people uh, the police using SWAT to come in and, and do drug raids I mean it, it's one thing if it's oh this person's a murderer or this person has a, a hostage or these are bank robbers or these are people who are uh, you know have an arsenal but a, a majority of the time, SWAT raids are done against people who have drugs. Who cares? Who cares if they have drugs? Yeah. And who cares if these people are selling to other people? You, you, don't, you don't have that same type of scrutiny uh, with alcohol. Heck, we have, we have raw milk as, uh, <laughs> as having carried out uh, by, by FDA SWAT raids that we, that we classify in the same line as a good use of force for SWAT and police and criminal violence, uh, 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 you know, pu putting people into prison, uh, state violence that we have for illegal narcotics. Again, what does it matter if I want to exchange money for cocaine or money for raw milk that has been homogenized and pasteurized? Uh, th those two things are equal in the state's mind of, I shouldn't be allowed to do it. Where, where's the harm? The, the, if, if you want to argue, well, the harm comes from what you do while on the drugs, well, that's that's when you violate the principle of uh, personal freedom of someone. If you go out and rob somebody uh, while high on cocaine, it's the act of robbery that's illegal. The fact that you do it on cocaine, it, it, it's no different than saying, oh, this person did a, a lot of uh, Red Bull and five-hour energy drink and a lot of uh, Four loco. And they go out and they get into a fight. You wouldn't say, "Oh, this person was just hopped up on on caffeine, which is is a drug in, in and of itself." But that drug's okay. But you don't have that same understanding of, "Oh, well, uh, you know, that person got really high on 
uh, caffeine and went and punched somebody. It's no, that person went out and punched somebody. That person should have their liberty deprived of them or compensation should happen as a result of that action. Not the fact that they were high and did it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the same kind of stuff. I know I'm talking about alcohol a lot, but it's the same kind of stuff with alcohol. Like, uh, you know, someone gets in, you know, gets into a fight and, and knocks somebody out when they're drunk and that person they knocked out, you know, cracks their head on something and either gets seriously injured or, or whatnot. And you're not, you don't blame the alcohol. You blame the person that uh, decided to ingest the alcohol. Like, so that's where, okay, if somebody gets hopped up on cocaine and goes fight somebody, it's not the cocaine's fault. It's the person that did it. Right. And and we've, we've always had the understanding that it's not, you, you, you're, you don't have an excuse taken away from you when you're uh, drunk. Uh, you are still held responsible because you put yourself into that predicament. So this doesn't violate the understanding of responsibility uh, when it comes to committing crimes while high on whatever you use. Um, and like I said, a majority of people probably use it just in their own home. Um, a lot of people don't even use it. But the very fact that you have the ability to, to do what you want with your own body is the pinnacle of personal freedom. I mean, if you want to go out to Mexico and try an experimental treatment, you have the ability to do that, right? There, there's, there's no law in, in America that says that, you, that it's illegal for you to do it. Because outside of the border, they don't have control over your body. So if they don't have control over your body when you go outside the border, why do they have control over your body when you're inside a border? You should have the ability to take whatever experimental treatment. If, if you want to run vitamin C through your body to try and beat cancer and, and you think that's a proper way to go, um, let's, why not try that? What, what, what's the, the harm to other people that you're going to do by doing that? But no, those things are regulated and they're illegal and it's just run from federal government who views people underneath them as people that they need to control and that's that's what it comes down to is this ability to need the, the need to control you it's an understanding of people who use those drugs are terrible people and they have to be demonized but we see in countries like portugal who decriminalizes all drugs they've had a decrease in death and crime in um in youth use youth use children use and not children but people under the age of 18 use of drugs um, you have uh, people who have been destigmatized, unstigmatized, I guess is the word, uh, where they can go in for treatment. Uh, you know, if, if you if you drop your friend off at a hospital for overdosing on heroin, they have the possibility of being charged with a crime here. In uh, in uh, Portugal, not Portugal. What did I say? Yeah, Portugal. <laughs> if uh, yeah. if if you go into a hospital, they'll give you. Uh, 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 an exchange of, of uh, needles and AIDS there has gone down dramatically due to the the, the having the ability to, to get un, uh, unused needles. Um, you have people that can get legally high under the supervision of doctors in a hospital and that's uh, completely limited the number of deaths uh, per I think 100,000. I think it's like three uh, who overdose. Those are great things. Those are those are good and legitimate and uh, moral things to do. If 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 the if the idea is that we care about people, uh, we need to realize that for a hundred years now, almost a hundred years, we've been fighting the war on drugs. And at what point in time in this modern age does a hundred war uh, fight need to continue? It's it's a failed system. It's a failed policy. It's led to the United States becoming one of the most overly populated prison systems and it's an idea about controlling what you do with your body which is an act of aggression which is a violation of the non-aggression principle so that's why libertarians support at, at the very least light libertarians support the legalization of marijuana but that us hardcore libertarians here support the legalization of all drugs yeah. and not just those drugs that are you know the the heroin and the cocaine and all that stuff but experimental drugs uh which uh, actually got the, the the 
President Trump allowed to, to happen, which again, it's it's so odd that we have to go to one dude to tell us, hey, uh, if you're dying and you have really no hope and you want to take this experimental drug, uh, you have our permission. I mean, that's that's a bananas statement to think about. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm dying here. I could, if, if I was dying and I wanted to, to jump out of a plane and, uh, you know, uh, forget to pull my ripcord, uh, well, I should say, there, there is a law against committing suicide. But at the same time, there's... That's my personal freedom if I wanted to do that. So why are we allowing this type of environment to continue to exist? We've lost the drug war. It's immoral. We've thrown more people in jail. There are people sitting in Colorado jails and prisons right now for drug possession, for marijuana, and they've legalized it. That's that's the mentality of the state. You you cannot question the state. You have to have this, this groundswell from a, a, a local grassroots level is and that's exactly what we want to advocate for because that's how things get accomplished colorado has state neutralized has nullified federal law and has said no you're not coming in here feds to to take our citizens for marijuana but at the same time the the state still holds people in prison by slavery uh to to carry out sentences for something that's now legal yeah, it's just so crazy if you really think about it that some guy walking around with you know an ounce of weed got arrested years ago and is still sitting in jail when kids can go out and do that. Well, not kids, but you know, eighteen and over, I think, is the age there can go out and do that right now. That's got to suck sitting in jail thinking about that. Well, and and just the the very fact that you know, thirteen, fourteen, <laughs> and on up year olds have had done drugs. I mean, we, if, if we can't keep them out of their hands, if we can't keep them out of prisons, uh, what's the what's the point of harming enough people outside of prison that we can't keep drugs out of in the first place? Yeah. And at the very least, what what is the definition? What's the word for the for the definition of not allowing someone to do with their body what they want to do at times they want to do it? I mean, if that's not... Uh, a drawn out definition of slavery i don't know what is it's the 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 uh, master doesn't allow you to do what you want at the time that you want uh because they own you that's it's a slave type mentality that we need to get away from so again we're we're not talking about this this crazy hairbrained idea where uh we're just having a free-for-all where we're you know forcing cocaine up eight-year-old's nose we're talking about people being free to do what they're pretty much already doing at the rate that they're already doing it we would just the the, the regulation by the free market would make these products safer i mean half the time uh overdoses done by heroin and and cocaine uh, is a result of fentanyl or comet being introduced to to cut up the supply and if you had a free market you could say hey i went to uh, grocery store x to uh, purchase my heroin i had a bad batch Hey, guess what I can do? I can now sue the grocery store. I can sue the manufacturer. Uh, I can sue the people down the line who have given me this this bad batch, as we do with anything else. And I can freely access medical uh, uh, assistance to treat an overdose more easily because I don't have to have a fear that they're going to turn in me or my friends or my family. Yeah, <clears throat> the article I found, too, it's funny. Um they talked about uh, how the FBI is struggling with keeping up with cybersecurity because a lot of the the people that work in cybersecurity that that uh, some of the best ones out there that the FBI could really use. Not saying we need the FBI, but uh, they they've smoked marijuana and the FBI's rules like if in the past three years when you're trying to. Uh, get a job there if you've smoked any marijuana at all like you're disqualified and you can't work there so they're actually uh comey back when he was you know what he is uh he noted that uh the agency is missing out on intelligent highly skilled and talented individuals whose only problem is that they use marijuana so the own federal government is struggling with hiring better people for a job because they still have uh, marijuana illegal. 
Huh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should all start doing uh, at least marijuana. If, if it hurts the federal government, yeah. I think we should be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. That's true. So, so, so what, what is the application here? The application is uh, the war on drugs is insanely immoral. Uh, it affects at least, it, it's, it's got to affect somebody in everyone's family. Uh, whether it be just the person who uses it uh, a couple times and quits, or the person who overdoses, or the person who gets in too deep, um, the the war on drugs has failed. It's failed for a hundred years, and hopefully, we're starting to see the death knell of it. I don't know if I could convince enough people uh, in my community that marijuana is bad, but I I would have a harder time of convincing them that all drugs are able to be uh, used by anybody. But at the same time, look at where we've gotten so far. And it's been the advocates of the Libertarian Party that have pushed for the legalization of marijuana from the start. Uh, so at a local level, we've seen this. We've seen it in Colorado. We've seen it in uh, uh, other states. Uh, and we're starting to see it here in, in Michigan. Uh, the things that you can do that that promote it are having this understanding of a consistent philosophy of you own your body you can do what you want to it as long as you're not harming anybody else and through that prism through that worldview you can be informed that hey wh what is what is the the harm that i do to other people through this and if it's anything other than a direct tie-in to the drug like hey if you took cocaine and you blew up and you killed your family when you blew up after taking cocaine okay maybe you can make a a uh, a law I don't know uh, you should privatize all laws but at the same time you, you could make the argument that uh, cocaine would be a detriment to other people because you have the possibility to blow up from it but if you go out there and you you go and uh, inform the the townships if you go to the cities and you talk about how the state especially here in Michigan the state is enacting all these crazy rules that we need to nullify we have the ability for sheriffs to not uh, allow the federal government to come in to operate within systems, especially for drugs. Uh, we can uh, push for ballot proposals that uh, decriminalize, uh, especially marijuana, but you can do that for, for all drugs. You don't need the state involved in this, and you just have to get out there and start informing people. And it, it's, it's what I've started to say more recently. This is the time to live r radically, because... We have to realize that with the amount of millions of people that we have in jail, we are an immoral country for doing this. If 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 on one side of the, the spectrum that you believe that abortion is this this insane national crime that that uh, America has taken upon itself, the drug war is just as insane. It affects just as many people. This is the time to live radically and allow people the freedom to do what they want, to get the help that they need, and uh, to make people safer by the regulation, by the free market. If drug use isn't needed, uh, if it's if it's undesired, then people won't do it. But for the people who do want to do it, they're going to find a way. And by us saying that we need to put these people in jail, what we're saying is we need to stop them by force. And if they resist that force, it's okay to kill them. So we need to promote this understanding of legalization because people are doing it and it's hurting more people by having the state come and, and, and get involved in it. We were talking about this uh, last night about how uh, these uh, police departments, the FBI, run these uh, underground stings where they just let criminals exist uh, so that they can get other criminals. But there's no, there's never any an end goal. There's no like, okay, well we got Capone, uh, but now we got, uh, um, you know, Whitey Ford. And once Whitey Ford's the the top and sole only person because we've got everyone else, uh, then we have to take him out too. There's never any end goal, because the the end goal would uh, delegitimize the state. It would remove money from the state, and so that's what we have to support is the end of the drug war. And I think you would see prisons. And prison reform and criminal justice reform happen a lot more. If you want to get uh, r remove the congestion in the courts, get rid of the the drug cases. Uh, if if you're if you're on a jury, 
there's this thing called jury nullification, which you have the right as a juror to say, yep, that person smoked weed. He admitted to it to the police. But you know what? I don't like that law. I am going to say not guilty because that's that's your right. What Whatever the judges or the prosecutors tell you, you always have the ability to say, I do not agree with that law. And that's a tradition that's been found in juries since the founding. It's, it's, a, it's a product of the natural law. It's the understanding that the natural law exists. Uh, it's, it's higher than, than anything else and that uh, we should adhere to that. So if, if you have someone who speaks out against the government and it's, it's super mean and they've criminalized it, you, you as a member of the jury can say, yep, what he did was uh, uh, against a, a specific law in the book. But you can come by and say, I don't agree with that law and vote not guilty. That's what should be done by everyone who sits on any type of drug trial at all. Because unless that person has actively harmed that person, which is something completely different, um, you can nullify the drug law, or the, the, the drug laws that way through jury nullification. More juries should do that. Yeah. And, and for a lot of other things. It's not just drugs, but that's where you're finding, I think, the biggest holdup. That's what's driving this uh, insane thing of, well, you have to plead to these charges because the courts will get backed up. I mean, we just heard about a case that's taken like two years to, to come to trial and uh, it got rescheduled because the courts are so backed up that they put it off from, uh, it's now August. They wanted to put it off until January. I mean, that's a that's a weird thing to do. If, if I have to cancel a dentist appointment, my dentist doesn't wait another six months for me to uh, to reschedule it. It's within a week. But when you have the state involved, when you have this mass congestion, this is what this is what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we're going to cut it short here today as uh, as far as uh, our topics are concerned. Uh, we have uh, uh, definitely a number of other ones that we're going to do. Uh, so we're going to save those uh, for next time. So again, uh, the non-aggression principle is the principle by which we're looking through these different factors. And the question is, who are we harming? And are we okay with using physical violence, force against somebody to stop them from doing something? So uh, for here at the, the podcast, we want to say live ra radically and live free. And legalize it. And legalize it. <laughs>